We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, we're on the monorail. Wait, you know something? We always start the show on the monorail. I think we should do the history on the monorail. What? That sounds boring. No, that's a great idea. I guess I'll start doing research. Is that all you got, Alex? <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Welcome to episode 108 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Today we will be giving the His on the monorail. And uh, I mean, this is kind of like the op- this is like the door to the park, I would say, right? It's like when you pull up to, you know, Magic Kingdom, when you're going to Disney World, I would say you're going to be traveling for the most part by some type of transportation, right? Yeah. Boat, you know, monorail, bus. And I, I would say this is, I don't know about you guys, but this is my most popular way of transportation. Uh, what the monorail is? I think I think it is. I mean, I love the monorail. How can you not like love the monorail? I usually the boat. Going back to my childhood, how we always ended up on the stinking boat, but I wanted to be on the monorail. Yes, I feel like, you know, and when we go into the memories part of the show, I have a memory that I want to share about the monorail, but I so much wish I could remember the first time I saw the monorail. Oh, like, yeah. I wish I was able to remember that because because I bet you it was like super magical, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I, I was probably like probably blew my mind. Still, I mean, we were kind of talking about it not too long ago, Alec, and some of the things kind of blew our mind just from this history, you know, us kind of going talking about the history. Like, you know, didn't New York City, weren't they thinking about using a monorail system in New York City? Yep, yep, almost did it. how cool that would be? be uh, it'd be pretty futuristic. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I was going to say, it's kind of funny that Alex said that because when you think about um, movies or TV shows or things that are set in the future, um, almost always there's some sort of monorail type transportation system incorporated yeah. in it. It's synonymous with, you know, futuristic things. Yep. And it's definitely futuristic. If When it's working, it's pro- it's definitely my favorite way to tr- to kind of get around Disney. Sometimes it's really hot, right? Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of stinks to be stuck in such a small little compartment with a bunch of people when it's so hot. But when the AC is running, I mean, there's nothing better than when you're on a hot, hot Florida day and you get a compartment at the monorail and like there's like no one in it and there's AC blasting in it. Yeah, it's working. It's great. I mean, the um, boat the boat isn't my favorite transportation. It's just the one I use because you can get on it faster and get there quicker. Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion, when you're at the, the you know, ticket and transportation, the fastest way to travel to any of the to Magic Kingdom is the bus. I know it's rarely not, you know, they're not running the bus there, but I always check for the bus first because that's the fastest way. You get on the bus, there's like no one there. You kind of go right up, right to the front of Magic Kingdom and you're like right by, you know, where you can um, get into the park. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my, that's like the fastest way. But if there was like nobody on, if like, if there's no line to the monorail, I would go in the monorail every time, I think. Oh, yeah, me too. I do love the boat. 
I don't have anything positive to say about the boat. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's hot. It's crowded. Never. I, I can maybe count on one hand the amount of times that I've actually been on the boat early enough to sit in one of the few benches. Um, you know, you're talking about from the time I was a kid on packed in like sardines, stinky people, you know. I, I, there's nothing positive I can say about that. The day just started and already stinky people. Well, that could be going either way, going there <laughs> or going back. You know how exhausting it is. So you're a little kid and you just ran your tail off at Disney, right? Mm-hmm. All day. And you were so tired and all you can think about is your car. You just want to be able to sit down so you can go to sleep because you're too old to be carried by your parents. <laughs> but you know, still young enough that, you know, you're worn out, your little legs are. So imagine instead of your parents going for the nice air conditioned with the higher level of seats per people ratio monorail, they go for the boat. And so now you're exhausted and you can't lean on anybody because everybody's irritable and stinky and everything else only to get off of that very slow moving boat and then have to wait in line for a tram. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, I think that you are kind of, listen, I'm not saying I'm the youngest person here or anything like that, right? And I'm pretty old also. I think that you're mixing up your memories of like now of when you're a kid, because I don't know about you, but I see kids now and they don't ever tire. Like it doesn't even matter if it's like (laughs) four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So I think now it's kind of like, yeah, I don't want to be walking anywhere. As a kid, I can't picture any of them being tired ever. Oh, no, I no. we but we did open to close days at Disney when I was little, like open to close like you were just so tired. No, that is an absolute vivid Disney memory that I have is just being so tired waiting for the tram. So then now on a parent's perspective, you know, now you're tired and you're holding, you know, a hot and sweaty toddler waiting for the tram. Yeah, it's even worse. It's like multiplied. Yes. Okay, so you guys want to give it a rating? Like, if we're going to give it a rating, are we going to give it like a, a transportation rating? or Transportation or... rating. Okay. A- on property, right? Yes. Okay. How about you, Alex? Can you give it a rating? I didn't think we we're going to do a rating, so I didn't put any thought into it. And I'm thinking now, I mean, it's my favorite way to transport if it's, you know, not busy. And it's definitely the coolest way to transport. Uh, so I definitely would give it an eight. Okay. How about you, Jen? I was going to say a solid eight as well. It is my favorite way to kind of make your way around the, um, Disney, you know, resort. So solid eight. Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to give it an eight also, because I think I don't travel from the ticket and transportation to Epcot very often, right? Because I, I would rather go and park at Epcot and just walk to the entrance of Epcot. But when you are on the monorail, and you kind of get to, to take a little trip around Epcot. It's pretty cool in the monorail. You know what I'm talking about when you're traveling mm-hmm. from ticket transportation to Epcot. It's it's pretty cool to kind of go into the park and they kind of you know overhead the the person who's like talking whatever kind of says, oh, this is what you're looking at, and it's it's pretty cool. Now the Disneyland monorail does that to some extent through Disneyland when it leaves um, the station over by the. Um, the Disneyland hotel, it kind of goes the long way through the park and then actually lets you off in the middle of the park. Yeah. Cause like when you see, like I've seen videos of like the Matterhorn and you can kind of see the monorail right by the Ma- Matterhorn, I believe. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a great picture of the monorail at, with the Matterhorn in the background. It's kind of a cool, it was just like the perfect place at the perfect time kind of thing. Cool. 
Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World monorail. 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 Let's get to the his on the monorail. Please hold on. Thank you. The Disney monorail system is an iconic transportation device used at multiple parks to transport guests. These straddle beam monorails did not originate in Disney, but became very popular and well-known due to Walt's use to them. The first Disney monorail was debuted in 1959 at Disneyland. It became an iconic transportation device and synonymous with the Disney park experience. Since then, a monorail system has been implemented at Disney World Florida, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Tokyo Disney. These futuristic-looking systems transport guests high above the traffic, helping guests immerse themselves in a magical place where anything is possible. And you're right, Joe. It's it's that experience of driving up, parking, walking, riding the monorail, and the monorail taking you to your destination, which is Disney. That whole experience is magical. Yeah, yeah. Especially for a kid, right? Uh-huh. And I, I just wish that... I wish, which I know it's not possible, right? Probably not in design or anything like that. That's not possible. I wish you were able to go to the other parks using the monorail from the ticket and transportation. I wish I was just able to go to ticket and transportation and then it would just bring me to whichever park I want to go to, which I know because the parks are, you know, some of the parks are really far away from each other. So I know it's not possible, but um, I wish that would be nice. So I think that probably was, you know, like a plan at some point or another. And they just, you know, decided for whatever reason. And again, I didn't read the history. Maybe Alex gets into that. Um, that wasn't just feasible. And that's why alternative forms of transportation have been made. So, um, but back to what you're thinking, what you were saying about, you know, the beginning of Disney magic. Think about this. Most of the time um, for it's your first trip as a kid, right? This is your first little glimpse of Disney. That's why it stands out to so many of us so significantly because, you know, as a kid, you're hyped up, you're ready to go, or even as an adult, you know, you're, here we go while we're going into, you know, the most, the happiest place on earth or, you know, whatever. And this is the very first thing that you see are these super awesome monorails just kind of sailing past you and they're pretty quiet. And so that's kind of like your, whoa, you know, step into magic kind of thing you know mm-hmm. for sure it def- you definitely feel that magic when you go there and you see that monorail even when, like when you're uh when you're like driving and you see the disney world sign you know like where you go underneath like mickey and minnie yeah and then you go down just a little bit further and you can see the monorail going taking people from like epcot to like magic kingdom or vice versa it's, it's you're like oh that's so awesome even now even though i've seen i mean i've seen the monorail so many different times and i still think it's awesome yeah yeah for sure The monorail system did not originate in Disneyland. It is an old concept. Henry Robinson Palmer, an English inventor, officially patented a vehicle designed to use a single rail in 1821 in the United Kingdom. It was designed for use at great heights to allow the center of gravity of the carriage to straddle the rail, similar to the baskets on a mule. In 1825, two monorail lines were built, one in London and the other in Hertfordshire. The Hertfordshire, or better known as the Chestnut Railway, made history when it transported passengers for its grand opening becoming the world's first passenger-carrying monorail. Throughout the rest of the 19th century, many improvements were made to Palmer's design, like the addition of the stabilizing wheels and additional rails. The pillar supports used made an ideal transportation system for crossing rough terrain, which made it perfect for many regions. There were multiple attempts at creating monorail systems that failed as well as succeeded. At the United States Centennial Exposition in 1876, a double-decker design that operated on two wheels and was propulsed by a rotary steam engine debuted in Philadelphia. 
1878, a double-decker monorail was built between Bradford and Gilmore, Pennsylvania, which transported oil drilling equipment and passengers. This monorail system was shut down after a fatal accident in 1879. In 1886, Enos Electric Railway designed the first suspended monorail which used steelwork rather than wood beams. This system in New Jersey never made it past the demonstration phase, but it did influence Eugene Langen in Germany, who used his likeness for the Wuppertal Schwebebahn in Germany in 1901. This system has the passenger car suspended under the steelwork tracks, operating successfully still today. The 20th century brought many technological advancements. A lot of engineers tried their hand at making a monorail system that would balance on top of the rails. In 1914, the Telfer monorail had coaches the size of railway cars and transported passengers for a couple of years before being dismantled. New York City almost had a monorail system built in 1930s, but was eventually scrapped for an elevated train system instead. Many designs and plans like this were drawn up and never built. It was becoming common practice for any monorail system designed to have a large beam track with the vehicle supported by one set of wheels and guided by another. In 1952, this design became reality when Swedish industrial Dr. Axel Lennart Wintergren designed a scaled-down monorail that reached speeds of 99 miles per hour with impressive banking capabilities. This prototype was eventually redesigned and rebuilt in 1957 and ran between two Alweg research campuses. Can you imagine a double-decker monorail? In 1878? <laughs> Well, in this now, can yeah, you yeah. Imagine like a double decker. I mean, a monorail. That that'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah, and it's funny that we think it's so futuristic, but here it is being invented in the late 1800s, which is like so long ago. The idea mm-hmm. of it and actually being utilized properly for a couple years, not the way we see it, of course. It's a little different than what it is now, but it's still a monorail system. Can you imagine going 99 miles an hour? I mean, I'm sure it doesn't even go go close to that. If I had to take a guess, it probably goes like 30 miles an hour. 99 miles an hour way back then. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's a little... Uh, a little I wonder why it was scrapped. It's max speed is 40 miles per hour. Right, no, I'm talking about but the 99 miles an hour. I wonder why that idea was scrapped. Well, it wasn't scrapped. It was just made better. It was a, it was a scaled down monorail. It wasn't uh, full size. Mm-hmm. Which is why I was so able was to go so smaller. fast. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I was able to go so fast. Which, I mean, I would say Disney was probably more into transporting a lot of people, not a scaled down model. He didn't want to transport like a couple carts. He needed to transport a lot of people because there's a lot of people tra- like at Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, like you said earlier, can you imagine New York City with a monorail? That that would oh, probably man. take the uh, the wonder away from Disney. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about it. You know, if it, if it was like everywhere, it wouldn't right. be as special, right? It's yeah, yeah. Like, and it's crazy I, that a uh, a system that's put in 1901 is still running today. Like that's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, how, I don't think that's that crazy. Really? I mean, there's like cars that I mean, cars were made a long time ago, and they're still pretty much running today. Yeah, right. I, mean, I imagine there's updates to it, and the tra- the trains themselves have been updated. I really wonder what the maintenance is on a monorail. Like, is it more maintenance to keep up a monorail or is it more maintenance to keep up this regular train? That's a good question. I imagine I imagine monorail will be cheaper because it's less... Because uh, it takes a little less fuel to run, right? Energy. Yeah, and you're not using coals, which is more harsh in the environment and yeah, everything around it. Walt Disney always dreamed of displaying inventive technology, be it for an attraction or just a way to move guests around. He always planned on having a monorail system at Disneyland, but a practical monorail was never discovered by Walt and his team. So instead, they put in miniature excursion trains to create some excitement. These sightseeing trains would become known as the Viewliner. 
Much of it was built from salvaged and repurposed automotive parts with Chevy Corvette V8 engine. The train debuted in 1957 and ran until 1959, being shut down for the construction update of Tomorrowland. There is a common story that fits Walt's personality of spontaneous adventures resulting in the discovery of things that he then utilizes for the park. As the story goes, Walt and his wife Lillian were in Europe. To break up the days, they decided to go on a drive. They drove through Germany near Cologne. As they rounded the bend, Walt saw the monorail train pass right above the road. He followed the train beams which brought him to the small research facility of Axel L. Wintergren. Walt got as much information as he could and took photos to bring back to his team at Disneyland. Unfortunately, a book published by Walt Disney Company tells a true story of how the Allweg monorail made its way to Disney. Disney engineers went to Cologne, Germany to visit the Allweg company to see their operating prototype. These Imagineers were extremely impressed and returned to Disney with all the information and some pictures. Walt was very excited and approved it right away. Disney then sent employees, one being Bob Gurr, to the Allweg campus to work alongside them to develop a plan that would lead to the first official Disneyland Allweg monorail system. Bob Gurr drew his first sketch of the monorail at home, then he took it to the office and finished it up. He handed it over to Disney legend John Hinch, who added the color. The trains were designed in Germany, but constructed at the Disney Studios in Burbank by Disney Imagineers and an Allweg team. The Disneyland Allweg monorail system debuted on June 14, 1959, becoming the first daily operating monorail system in the Western Hemisphere. This was such a great achievement that even Vice President Richard Nixon and his family were there to dedicate the monorail. The Nixon family were so eager that they boarded the train and Walt sent them on their way, while the left-behind Secret Service waited frantically for the train to complete its loop. The highway in the sky featured two trains, called the Mark Ones, each with three cabins and the iconic bobble front. The first two trains were colored red and blue, with a very pointy tip, looking more like a spaceship than a passenger train. Unfortunately, the monorail system didn't start transporting guests until 1961, after the Tomorrowland station was lengthened to accommodate the new Mark II. This train had four cars and debuted its third train, Yellow. The track was also extended to 2.5 miles to transport guests to and from the Disneyland Hotel. In 1968, Mark III Monorail Green joined the fleet, and the platforms were lengthened again to fit the new five-car trains. I find it really cool how it was like a, there was progress with the trains. It was kind of like it started out small with a couple trains, and they added another train, and then they added more carts to the monorail. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you can't do it all at once. You got to start slow and get there eventually. I want to know in that first couple of years, so 59 to 61, did they just run them periodically with nobody in them just to show them off kind of thing? Yeah. Or is that yeah. what that's what ended up happening? Yeah, yeah. It was just like an attraction to show, I guess, possibilities or the future. Well, I don't know. Coming soon. I yeah. think it'll be, I mean, they probably should have done that with the Skyliner. Like the, the, the Skyliner we have Skyliner. now? So see, yeah, so it was <laughs> probably maybe prevent some of these crashes. <laughs> maybe that's what they were doing also, is seeing how well it runs and maybe the issues that they were going to have, right? I yeah, maybe. For a couple of years, I guess. But again, yeah. um, you know, Disney legend Bob Gurr has his hands all over this thing. He does, which is really cool. I mean, it's pretty awesome that Bob Gurr, I mean, he's like still active on, I'm not sure if it's him on social media. But he's always posting stuff on social media. He's all over the place doing interviews. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like how Disney, a lot of ideas from that Disney gets comes from him traveling. Yeah. Right? Like we talk about Haunted Mansion, right? And the idea from the mansion came from, you know, uh, places that he visited in California. Like this, the trains, like the monorail, it's coming from him, you know, in Europe. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Well, it says that's a story. So well, it's a story, but I mean, you don't think there's any truth behind it? 
No, they say uh, the people who went to see the monorail was Imagineers, and then they brought it back to Walt. Well, but the Imagineers are out there. They brought it back to him, but they're out there traveling around the world. Yeah, yeah, looking at stuff. Ideas. I think that's really. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's cool that it's coming from like real places, like these designs. It doesn't matter if it's from a wall or the Imagineers. It's coming from real places around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as like a company and the head of a company, you know, to, you know, to have such a cohesive team that they, you know, whether the story is he saw it themselves himself or, you know, that his team said, hey, we saw this good idea that not only is he receptive to it, but just, you know, kind of took it and ran with it and, Mm -hmm. you know, ended up being what it was. So how how cool is that, that, you know, there's it's such a cohesive team, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got to lead by example, because, you know, there's so many stories where Walt's like. Let's do it this way. And people are like, okay, I guess we're doing it that way. So, yeah. he, you know, people say stuff to him. He's got to be willing to go with it, too. Yeah. But not everyone's like that. Not a lot of, I mean, not a lot of bosses are like that. Oh, I know. And that's why he handpicked his guys. And he brought mm. them with him no matter where he went. And he tried to bring people with him when he started Disney, the Disney can company. Imagine, can you imagine working with Walt? Yeah. How cool that would be, right? Oh, yeah. And he had to have the top people, like the most creative people around him. I mean, it shows. Oh. It shows yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Innovative, you know, think outside of the box. I'm sure those are the things that, you know, kind of he showcased or if that was showcased to him, that's what kind of piqued his interest in an individual. I'm sure. I mean, it shows just by all of the everything that's created, everything that I mean, just it, you're almost at a loss for words mm-hmm. because there's just it. it's so creative mm-hmm. like just never before thought of and both of you guys can probably kind of back me up on this sometimes i have some pretty crazy ideas you mm-hmm. know and sometimes you're you guys just like oh it's so dumb or you know uh I, but i always think about walt disney and i probably think that a lot of people thought that walt was like oh that would never happen he can never do that and look at all the things that he did so that's the reason why i kind of stick to my guns and i kind of stick i want to stick to my plans because even though some people might not be able to have a vision for it. Like I have a vision for it. And I want to at least try to get it to work. So Joe's new, um, you know, in, instead of what would Jesus do? What would Walt Disney do? That's I, Joe's uh, I should make a little band mantra for life now. There we go. That's an idea right there. What would Walt do? What would Walt do? I think we should go with it. <laughs> make t-shirts. <laughs> in the 1960s, the Florida project was garnering great momentum. It was coming to light for the whole world to see. With this large mass of land in multiple locations, Walt knew the best way to transport guests would be set up a monorail system. Even the very first sketches that Walt drew up of his future world had the monorail system in place. When Disney World was built in the 60s, they designed the Mark IV trains. These six-car trains are 203 feet and 6 inches long with a seated passenger capacity of 20 per carriage, plus an additional capacity of 40 standing passengers. Each train can accommodate up to 364 riders on a typical day. More than 150,000 guests take the monorail transportation. Each of the 12 monorails is identified by a colored stripe. Red, blue, gold, orange, yellow, green, lime, coral, silver, pink, purple, and black. This monorail system and the newer trains debuted along with Disney World on October 1st, 1971. When Epcot opened in 1982, of course, the future of transportation needed to run to the newly built park. The monorail system was extended through Epcot, adding to it more traffic for the transportation center. By 1985, Disneyland began phasing out the Mark III trains, one by one. They replaced them with the Mark V trains, which signified the loss of the bubble fronts for the new iconic look that debuted with the Mark IV line at Walt Disney World. This also signified the use of the now-common pneumatic doors and the windows that could be opened. 
They also added in safety handrails, as well as emergency fire exit hatches leading to the roof. In 1989, Disney World started to move on from the Mark IVs and onto the Mark VI versions of the trains, which took until 1991. These new trains increased passenger capacity by 30%, allowing roughly 350 guests to ride at once. Every year, the fleet transports 60 million passengers. These trains are now driven by eight 113 horsepower motors, which are powered by a 600 volt electric system. The monorails operate with the MAPO system or Mary Poppins system, maintaining the spacing between the trains using the moving block light system. Disneyland changed over from their Mark V trains to the newest Mark 7s, the first being monorail red in 2007. By 2009, the fleet consisted of three Mark 7 trains red, blue, and orange. In 2001, Disney Resort line opened at Tokyo Disney Sea. Monorails are a typical transportation device in Asia, so Disney brought difference into experience by making the windows larger and into the shape of Mickey. These monorail trains are colored blue, yellow, purple, green, and peach, and transported 16,700,000 guests in 2009. In 2005, Hong Kong Disneyland installed their monorail system called Disneyland Resort Line. This system runs from Disneyland Resort to Sunny Bay Station, a public interchange station. These monorail trains have Mickey Mouse-shaped windows, but also have bronze character statues of Mickey and Donald inside the train cab. So I wonder who's in charge of transportation at Disney, because really, for as many people that they have on property, at the resorts, you know, at the Disney Springs, at the parks, it really, I mean, the most I've ever had to wait was like 30 minutes for like a bus to come. It really runs smoothly with how many people that they're moving, right? Yeah. So I'm going to venture to guess whoever is in charge of that kind of public infrastructure for the company, they were fantastic at the game SimCity because if you've ever played, you guys played SimCity, right? I love SimCity. Okay. So what happens as you build your metropolis and you start adding mass transportation? You just can't keep up, right? Yeah, you have traffic yeah. jams. It doesn't matter how much you, you, you can never get that balance of the appropriate amount of mass transportation and, um, you know, public infrastructure, like roads and things like that. You just, you can't do it. So I'm guessing that this person is just a genius at that game and won it hands down because it's, it's gotta be a hard balance. Alex, man, you should you should try to go for that job. You're pretty good at those games. Yeah, I love City Skyline, but usually what happens is my town gets too big and it gets full of traffic, and I end up just starting over. You can't do that, Disney. Fine. You can't start yeah, over. Yeah. Can you imagine the guy's like, oh, let's just start over from the beginning. <laughs> Are you one of those people that like kind of waited and hoped for the natural disasters to come through, like the tornado? <laughs> oh, oh man, sometimes I activate them, activate them myself. You put the cheat code in. <laughs> Get the tornado. Bases belong to us. Let's do it. Uh, but, we, go ahead. I was going to say, can we also talk about, have you guys ever been on a monorail that you feel like is holding all 364 people? <laughs> no, I don't know what that would feel like. Maybe like once or twice. I don't think that I have. I, I just, I don't know. There, there's, there's that seems a like a lot. That is a lot. Don't you look for the ones with the um, strollers, like the double strollers? That's what I look for. If you're going up and you're walking and you're looking for, you know, well, this is pre-COVID. You're looking for a place to kind of put yourself in. Go and look for the ones with this, with at least one or two strollers, ideally double strollers, because those take up a lot of room. And so there's going to be less people, more opportunity to sit, and you're not shoulder to shoulder with everybody. See, I don't like being a guy in those because... 
usually I have to go ahead and stand. Like I'll go ahead and like a, a girl walks in and I have to go ahead and get up for them. Or like, you know, an old, like, I don't see. Like, I don't like that. It's 2021. I don't like equal rights. No, I don't. Uh, no. Really? So I'll be sitting there. Yeah. I, <laughs> equal rights. Yeah. So I'll be sitting there waiting. I'm like, please don't have a girl come in. Please don't have a girl come in. Please don't have a girl come in. Cause then I have to stand up for them. Yeah. Um, but you know, definitely the person who's in charge of transportation at Disney has a huge job that they have to do. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's crazy. The Hong Kong Disneyland and the Tokyo, I kind of want to ride those cause I like the, uh, Mickey mouse shaped windows. I wish they would yeah, so implement that over here. Well, you know, some of our monorails here are starting to get like designs on them and stuff like that. Like there's like a toy story, I believe at one point, you know, I think it's easy to take on and off so they can change them out. Those there's, are there's decals and wraps. Yeah, decals on the on the monorails, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I have action quick fire quick facts. Some of that there's stuff. there's rumor that there well, there's a much needed upgrade for the monorail system just because um just for volume in itself. You know, the amount of people that it would need that that really the monorail needs to increase its capacity. And mm-hmm. so I know on social media, there's been a lot of cries of a much needed overhaul, which stems all the way back to, you know, the um, accident that happened in what is it, 2011 or 2012? So maybe 2010, mm-hmm. um, the accident with monorail purple. 2009. So 2009. So um you know, there's rumors, though, you know, of course, nothing is confirmed that they are going to unveil a, you know, massive overhaul of the monorail system. Hey, maybe that's something that'll be in the upcoming uh, D23. Are they going to change the oh, magnets? That'd be, cool. that'd be sweet. Change the what? Magnets. What magnets? Oh, oh like, like a like... magnet train? Oh, yeah. 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 Make it go even faster. That's right. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. The very first monorail prototype was made in Russia in 1820 by Ivan Elmanov. Maximum speed for the monorails during normal operations is 40 miles per hour, with several speed zones throughout the system with limits ranging from 15 to 40 miles per hour. The diesel-powered work tractors are the tow trucks of the system and can tow a train to monorail shop located around the bend from Space Mountain. In 2012, the Disneyland trains received decals depicting eyes and a mouth to tie in with the opening of Cars Land. Monorail Red became Manny, Blue became Mandy, and Orange became Mona. This promotion ended by 2013, returning the monorail system back to normal. A giant mural of Bob Gurr's original monorail design is hanging at the top of the World Lounge in the Disney's Contemporary Resort in Walt Disney World. That's pretty cool. On nights before hurricanes and other severe weather events, Walt Disney World will place three monorails and two service tractors out on the system in case issues occur as a result of the weather. Two trains and a work tractor will be parked inside the Contemporary Resort with the storm doors closed. Since 1971, guests could get one of the coolest seats on the monorail, the front of the train where the operator sits. That was the case until 2009, when an accident occurred where two monorails collided, leaving one of the operators dead. Since then, due to new operating procedures, guests are no longer allowed in the front of the train. This also caused the retirement of the pink and purple trains and the introduction of the peach and teal trains. In 1986, the monorail system at Disneyland became so widely known and revered that the American Society of Mechanical Engineers designated the Disneyland monorail system a National Historic Mechanical Engineering Landmark. The monorail shop, as it is officially known, is Disneyland's monorail maintenance facility, located behind It's a Small World, and provides space for four monorails on its upper level. 
There have been many promotional train wraps over the years at Disney World. Monorail Coral received a Tron full-body decal in 2010. In 2012, Monorail Red received an Avengers wrap. In 2013, Monorail Black was wrapped to promote Iron Man 3. And also in 2013, Monorail Teal received a Monsters University wrap. In 2015, Monorail Black was decorated for Star Wars Episode 7. In 2016, Monorail Orange was used to promote Zootopia. In 2018, Orange was changed again to promote The Incredibles 2. And Monorail Yellow received a wrap in 2019 for the release of Toy Story 4. I like the wraps. I think they're really cool. I don't think I've ever seen one. Really? Yeah. I've seen several of them. Although there are some of them that are mentioned I haven't, and that would have been pretty cool to see. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been on one of the monorails with the wraps on them, but I've always seen them. I'm like, oh, I hope I get on that one. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. definitely like wait to get on one. I want to talk about the, you know, the incident in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really cool that they had kids kind of sitting up front, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of sad because I believe it was like user error on those monorail accidents. It was like user error, right? It wasn't like, you know, something wrong with the actual monorails. Um, there. That's funny that you are talking about this because we did a deep dive into Disney incidents while we were on vacation and driving around. And that was one that of all people, my daughter knows all of the information about this forward, backwards and sideways. Now, what's ironic about that is she was out there. She was staying out there the night that happened because I remember having to do a wellness check. She was staying with my brother and um, they were staying at the cabins out at um, Mm -hmm. Fort wilderness. And I remember having to do a wellness check to make sure that they were all okay. And, you know, back because all you heard was that there was a monorail incident. Hold on. We're going to pause here. No problem. I'm going to summon her. Okay. So technically it was an operator error. Because the person that was in the like station that has to do everything, I think he was new or something like he didn't have another person with him. So he ended up sending a train onto the wrong track and it was supposed to stay on the resort line instead of go on to like the one that connects to Magic Kingdom and all that. But mm-hmm. it ended up the purple one, I'm pretty sure ended up backing into the pink one on accident. And the guy that was driving the one that got hit he noticed and he tried his hardest to like back up and make sure that the people on the monorail didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. So he ended up dying, but he like prevented it as much as he possibly could. And then they retired those two monorail colors. So it was all pretty much user error then. Yeah, it was hard because there was reduced visibility at the time. Um mm-hmm. So they installed a bunch of like safety features, um, basically like the trains would automatically stop if there was a train already on that track, a bunch of features that weren't already there. Mm-hmm. Um, they put more lights so that you could see and they created like more fail safes and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know where the monorails were when they crashed or whatever? It was like contemporary? It was at the Transportation and Ticket Center. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's where they switch between the resort and the um, theme park, mm-hmm. like the two different things. Yeah, that's really sick. I can't imagine like watching that and being there when that all happened. That's, I mean, it's sad. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. We we literally we were, we were driving somewhere in Hawaii and it was ta- it was a longer drive, and I don't know. One of the kids started in on this deep dive, and then we just got into this big in depth discussion. And my husband brought up that particular incident, you know, citing that she was out there at the time when it happened, and she was like, "No, no, 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 no. I know way too much about this." So it was just kind of funny. Yeah, that's kind of interesting that she knows that she knew that and she knew something else. Remember a couple of weeks ago, like a month ago, we were talking about 
Yeah, I don't she, remember like, what we were talking about. But she had but... like she. I guess she did like a whole bunch of research on it, and we mm-hmm. were like, I forget what it was. I forget what it was too. But yeah, for for being a quote unquote anti Disney kid, you know, because she's <laughs> grown up with it, she knows an awful lot about it. That's true. We here does his love the monorail system. It is an iconic piece of Disney culture and history. You know, there's nothing better than smelling that Disney smell. If it's walking into your favorite Disney resort or entering your favorite Disney attraction. Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company offers an array of Disney-inspired scents in their home fragrance line. Wax melts, scented candles, and room sprays. To bring your favorite Disney scents to your home, check them out at MagicallyScented.com. Memories. 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 Okay, you guys got any memories? I really don't have any memories of riding the monorail. I mean, of course, it's something you do all the time. It's something I've done multiple times, you know, going to Disney all the time, living here and be able to go whenever I want. But a distinct memory of riding it, I don't really have. I mean, you know me, I have bad memory. So I don't remember the first time I ever rode it, but Mm -hmm. I don't really have a distinct memory. Okay, how about you, Jen? I know I'm going to kind of agree with Alex. I mean, the different things flash into my head, you know, kids falling asleep in funny positions and stuff like yeah. that, you know, <laughs> as we're writing it kind of thing. But I don't have like a specific good or bad memory. You know, we were thankfully never on one that was stopped for a long time or, you know, had pieces fall off of it or something like that. So mm-hmm. not not anything special. What about you? Uh, I do have a memory, and the memory that I want to share is, of course, you know, of course I mentioned early in the episode that I wish I still had the memory of first time seeing it when I was a kid, right? But as a kid, I always wanted to stay at the Contemporary Resort, right? Because the monorail goes through it, because how cool would it be to go ahead and stay at the Contemporary, get out of your room, and go in the monorail, and then go to Magic Kingdom? So uh, I had, I was staying at Bay Lake Tower, which is pretty much, I mean, you, you walk down out of your room, you go across the tunnel. It's, it's contemporary, but it's the DVC part of the contemporary. So we actually stayed for at Bay Lake Tower. And my memory is waking up early in the morning, going on the monorail, taking it to breakfast over at Ohana. Not Ohana, taking the, uh, at the Poly, eating. Uh, I had uh, Tonga toast, which was great. I remember us sitting at the restaurant. What was it? Kona Cafe? Mm-hmm. Right. I was, I was at Kona Cafe eating my Tonga toast. We were on our Walt Disney app and we were like, oh, Big Thunder only has like a 10 minute wait. Do you think we can make it over there? We were done eating breakfast. Breakfast. We hopped on the monorail, went to Magic Kingdom, rode Big Thunder. We made it back in time for our checkout over at Bay Lake Tower, all on the monorail. So we kind of did it all on the loop, which was, it was, just, it was a really cool experience, right? So that's my memory that I have with the monorail. Kind of just solidifies why it's such a desirable place to be on that monorail line when you're staying out there at the parks, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. So cool. Because, I mean, can, you can just be like, you know, if you're up, let's say you're staying at the Contemporary, you check your Walt Disney app. What? Mine train is, you know, 15 minute wait. Boom. You can just hop on the monorail. You can be there in like 20 minutes. You can, you can ride mine train. Right. So how cool is that? I guarantee you, if you were at your resort, it doesn't matter where you were at. If you're at the front of the park and mine train had a 15 minute <laughs> wait, you're not going to have that 15 minute wait when you get to the back. Just you, saying. You never know. You can get it's it's a it's a great thought. Maybe someday, maybe after Tron opens, but yeah. Oh man, I didn't really think of thought about that. when Tron opens. That's gonna be like that's gonna be like the new mine train. So yeah. mine yeah. train should should have a shorter wait. But you say that, but Peter Pan's still at two hours, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> 
On Tuesday evenings, join Joe and I along with Remy from Remy's Roundtable and Chris from the No New Friends podcast as we Twitch stream. The three of us join forces to bring you an hour and a half of good fun and games on Diz Journey. Find us on Twitch at DizHis65. Hey, it's AJ for the D Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney Plus. Each week, I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week, we have a weekly movie club, where between June 28th and July 4th, we'll be covering the film The Rocketeer. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord and I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D Plus Club on all major podcasting platforms with new episodes every Sunday. This is this is review. Review. Uh, but last week we re- we watched Captain America not yes is Captain America the first one, right? The first uh the first Avenger? What was it called? Yeah. Captain America. Oh my gosh. Yep, the first Avenger, yep. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the movie, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. Captain Aven- uh, Captain America was not my, was not one of my favorites at all, Avenger. Okay. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of Captain America. You know, I don't know why. Because uh, I just like Blast the Hulk. <laughs> I like the Hulk better. Like, he's always been my favorite. No. You know, Spider-Man's awesome. But I would have to say Captain America... He's definitely, I mean, he's cool. I love, I, I would say I definitely like Captain America more now after watching the movies, after seeing him. And he's a great leader, right? Yeah. I think for sure he he's like the leader of the Avengers. And it really showed through the movies why he was the leader. Yeah. I, uh, I'm like you. I was a big Captain America fan until I did this rewatch of all the Marvel movies. And uh, yeah, I like his character arc. His uh, I love how... They have like the first time they all meet, and he's like talking, pe- telling people like, "Watch your language, right?" Yeah. And then Endgame comes around, and he says a bad word. They're like, "Oh no, Cap just cursed." <laughs> <laughs> so he has a great arc through the whole series from his first movie, the first Avenger, to Endgame. Oh, I think so too, for sure. No, see now, listen, Captain America is beloved in our house for many, many reasons. One of which is that he's purely eye candy. But he's got that butt. <laughs> he's America's butt. America's ass. <laughs> um, but he he does. He has he has a great storyline. Um, you know it's a good character when you're so attached to him that you, you know, full blown ugly cry when you know that you aren't gonna get to continue seeing him anymore and as you know that character in that role. And so, you know, the the actor, um, you know, he portrayed a beautiful job all those years portraying Captain America, you know, definitely probably shot his popularity up a lot more just because of his portrayal of. And yeah, I mean, the movies are great. Everything. I, I don't have anything bad to say about Captain America. Yeah, I can tell you, it, Captain America, I'm not sure if he it, I don't think it's Nick's favorite Avenger anymore, right? I think that he likes Spider-Man better. Uh, but I think it's, it's definitely still up there. But I remember going on the Marvel cruise and waiting for two hours to see. I, I waited in line to make sure Nick could see Captain America. It was like I was the first one in line. Like, uh, who who was it that we saw before him? Who was it? 
that day is such a blur because we had such a good system down. I don't even remember, but you really, it was two hours you waited? Yeah, like Captain Marvel. I think it was Captain Marvel. Like we saw Captain Marvel, right? Uh-huh. And then the line for Captain America like started at the end of the Captain Marvel line. And I was the first one there. So oh, we had, I, still I had vaguely to go ahead remember and, that. I had to wait through all the Captain Marvel. Like we, we were like right in the middle. Of, like we, we didn't have to wait that long for Captain Marvel because we were right there waiting for her, right? Right. So I waited pretty much for Captain Marvel's whole thing to kind of go through just to make sure I can get be the first in line to get Captain America because I was not going to be not on that ship and not have Nick see Captain America. So. Well, he had quite the costume from what I remember. <laughs> Nick, yeah, he did. He did have a costume for sure. And he got to see him. <laughs> he saw him once at that point, you know, at the meet and greet. And then also we went to the show and he saw him too. He was like pretty much right by him. So it was cool. But, you know, Captain, I, I totally agree with you guys. His arc is really good. I wasn't even after I saw the movie, the first Avenger, the first time I saw it, he still wasn't my fate. Like he wasn't even on, on my radar. I was like, Captain America, he, he, come on. He's, he's not that great. But after the whole arc and seeing him kind of his whole character play out through the whole Avenger series, I mean, he, he's awesome. No, you see, you didn't like him the first time. So listen, let me give you not the I will give you the female perspective on this not the physical aspect either the polite consummate gentleman like there's there's nothing what do you mean you didn't like him there's absolutely that man is perfect perfect what a, what a dweeb perfect <laughs> he wasn't perfect at the beginning he was really skinny oh, remember it doesn't he's still polite and oh, kind of no listen i've been perfect I was heart. polite for the longest time that doesn't get you anywhere <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, even Captain America had to go against the grain. Exactly, right? That's when he started getting really. That's it, that's that's when I started liking him. Is when he started doing. He he started not being so pure. An outlaw. He started being like a little bit of an outlaw. Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, he still got the original girl. So he did, and he had a really good ending to his story for sure. We still can't watch that. My daughter cannot. She can't. If that, if we are watching on occasion, we're watching Endgame. Um, she has to leave the room. She can't watch it. She can't listen to it. None of the above. Yeah, because you let down everyone else. <laughs> Good going, Captain America. <laughs> and the TVA is just fine with it. Yeah, what's up with that? Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm caught up on Loki now. So <laughs> We can talk about that here in a minute. Do you need to go on a trip? Do you hate the hassle of organizing a vacation? Well, say Hakuna Matata and call Matthew over at Travel by Chewy. He is an expert who can arrange itineraries from a relaxing Hawaiian getaway to an exciting theme park adventure. The best part is his services are free. Call him at 507-261-9773. That was 507-261-9773. And just let him know Diz has sent you. So, uh, Alex, what you do in the world of Disney? Didn't do too much, honestly. I mean, we didn't record like two hours worth of content this week, right? No, 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 not for sure. Um, but I'm trying to think what no, else we I did, did. man. I we know, did re- record two hours. You joking? Yeah. You want to talk about that? Uh, we can talk about a little bit of it, yeah. I figured yeah, you'd talk about, about it and I'll just tag along. That's but fine. You can I was trying to think it. of what else I did this week that was Disney. I really didn't do anything other than what we did together. And what did we do together? We did a, a draft, right? We like did a, a draft, draft where, where we drafted like uh, a dark ride. We drafted a restaurant, mm-hmm. um, a roller coaster. We had a wild card and we had a show, yep. right? And we had me, you, 
a Dane, Remy, we all did it together. And we did like a draft, like an NFL draft. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to kind of getting that out there and putting it on YouTube. And what else, Alex? And then we did our our Mount Rushmore of movies, Disney movies. Not counting Marvel, not counting Star Wars, no Pixar, just Disney. Yeah, and that was actually a lot of fun. I'm in, uh, I'm in the middle of editing that too. And it was actually a blast. We, we, it was a good time. I can't wait for everyone to see it. I can't believe it was two hours. Didn't feel like two hours. No, it did not feel like two hours. And we had a lot of fun. And we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. How about you, Jen? Um, Let's see. I didn't do a whole heck of a lot. You know, we're kind of Disney detoxing, if you will. Um, yeah. So not much. We um, caught up on Loki. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. So we weren't able to really dedicate time to it prior to this week. So we actually sat down and watched the first two and then watched um, the third episode last What'd night. What do you think? So caught- oh, I am. I I love Marvel so much because there's so many layers and so many Easter eggs that I have to go back yep. and have to look at those things again. But, um, you know, of course, my son is super excited and he has all of his theories that he swears are not coming from, you know, YouTube or TikTok or anything mm. like that, <laughs> but he's he's all into it, and of course that makes us into it, and yeah. uh, it's it's a really good show. I love Tom Hiddleston though, and I love Loki, so yeah, you can't go wrong there. He watched it over our house uh, yesterday. Oh, good, good, good. Or we, on Wednesday, whatever. Good, because we watched it over here. Uh, we didn't tell him. <laughs> and you, I, the, the third episode, I thought, was kind of slow for a little bit towards, the, and then at the end, it kind of picked up big time. Yeah. It, um, and there's there are definitely some interesting theories out there about what's going on, um, some in-depth theories, new character introduction. You know, we're full steam ahead into phase four yeah. of um, the MCU. And, and so far, it has not disappointed at all. I can't yeah, wait and till it, yeah. uh, and you and your son watch it together and you're both pretending like you've never seen it before. The same time. <laughs> That'll be when I get out of here. I'll be like, hey, you want to watch Loki? And he'll be like, sure. I didn't watch it yet. Like, we'll like, have to act like we're excited at certain points. Why'd you go to your Craig voice there? <laughs> sure. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> uh, I, I got to be honest. We watched it last night and I fell asleep. Yeah, mid, it was, the end was really good. The I had to rewatch really it. Good. Dude, the end when when the ending, I was kind of like, no, what, what, like, come on, really gonna end it like this right now? The whole episode, I think it was like building the 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 Loki character, the girl Loki character. Oh yeah, totally. There's no doubt. It was like character development of her, pretty much. You know, it told us a lot mm-hmm. about her. Tell us a lot about maybe what could happen with them in the future, type of thing. Uh, so, but overall, it was good. I just, it wasn't as good as the second one. My second one so far is my favorite. Right when they had yes. the whole hurricane, like in, in the future and all these, all that. It was really cool, but I enjoy the series for sure. I mean, WandaVision, right, leads right up into her part probably in the Doctor Strange movie, right? Mm -hmm. I think this is going to lead up right to whatever's going on with this series. It's just leading up to Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. It's leading right up to the movie. Which that's not until next year, right? No, but uh, everything's leading up to it, I think, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the only other thing I did was we bought tickets. We're excited. We're actually going to go see Black Widow in the theater. Oh, so nice. Oh. We are we are excited to go and experience a Marvel movie in the theater, you know, because that's always been our thing for years and years. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided that we would make that leap into it by going and watching Black Widow. So that'll be in a couple of weeks. So we'll be able to talk about that. 
And talking about Black Widow, we are actually going to be doing a giveaway for Black Widow for Disney+. Plus. Want to be entered into a drawing for a chance to watch Black Widow for free? Join our Patreon for as low as $2 a month for your chance to win. This summer's action-packed Marvel movie is of course a must-see. Join our Patreon and support our show, as well as get early access to episodes, extra content, our awesome member-only chat room, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com and search DizHiz. That's patreon.com, search DizHiz. Winners will be announced July 8th. Okay, we're gonna do, uh, for real quick, I also just wanna mention, Jen, did you do anything else that you want to talk about? No, that's it. You uh, forgot a huge thing that you did just yesterday. Oh, yes. I booked a cruise for my birthday. Uh, it's going to be on The Wish uh, in 2022. I'm really looking forward to it. Are you, are you gonna, you're, and you're probably going to go right too, Jen, right? We are. We just have, I mean, having just come back from this massive trip that we just did, we just kind of have to get our ducks in a row a little bit. But we are fully intending on going on it. We just have to see, you know, who is going on it from the family because there's kind of variables there. So that's why we didn't book it yet. But we're confident that we're going to book it here um, shortly and definitely plan on going and um, celebrating your 40th birthday with you. So. Yeah, I can't wait to check out the Wish too, the new boat, 2022. It'll be maybe, really exciting. Maybe Alex should go too. Hint, hint. <laughs> I would like for him to go, but uh, he doesn't like to spend money. And yeah. A couple of our Patreons are interested in going, so they might be heading out with us also to go on the boat, which would be really awesome. Talking about traveling, go ahead and check out uh, if you know if you're looking to go on a cruise. Go ahead and call Chewy, Travel by Chewy. Go ahead and give him a call, and he can go ahead and hook you up traveling pretty much just not only disney it's all over the world so go ahead and check out travel by chewy and we're actually going to do a candle giveaway right now you guys ready for mm -hmm. our patreons yes okie dokie so i'm gonna pull up my screen we have some patreons in chat right now i'm gonna share my screen and i have all of their names on a wheel can you guys see uh the wheel yep Alex? okay so i have all their names for every five dollars that you are a Patreon, that you sign up for Patreon, you are entered into the drawing. So for example, if you donate $5, your name's on here once. If you donate 20 bucks, your name's on here four times. So you have more of a chance of winning. So we're giving away two candles. And of course, we're gonna be doing this in a couple of weeks for the Black Widow drawing. So here we go. And it actually wax melts by Three Chicky Chicks. So the first one, it's gonna be Sarah. All right. Awesome. Congrats, Sarah. Thank you so much for supporting the Diz His. We're going to give away one more. Here we go. Oh, and Chewy is actually in chat. So hopefully he got to see that and he won. Also, congrats, Chewy. All right. You. And it's actually from Travel by Chewy. He's Chewy from Travel by Chewy. <laughs> yes, he is. That's funny. <laughs> That's the His on the Monorail. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHiz65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. 
If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on patreon.com and search for Diz His. Save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot. You'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. 